I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. Napa know-how. This month, Napa's got all kinds of motor oil deals that can save you some serious cash. Like a five-quart jug of Napa Full Synthetic Motor Oil for just $16.49. With savings like that, you may start feeling like a VIP. But don't let it go to your head. These oil deals are for everyone. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. General state's pricing. Sales prices not include applicable state local taxes or recycling fees. Offer ends 831.20. Shop Black Friday week deals Sunday through Friday at Kohl's. Plus, get $15 Kohl's cash for every $50 spent. And take an extra 15% off. Get the Big One Throws, $8.49. Toastmaster Small Appliances are just $2.14 after rebate. And Fitbit Versa 2 is $129.99. Plus, take 30% off Lego, 70% off fine jewelry, and save on boots for her, $16.99. Plus, get fast and free store pickup. Shop Black Friday week deals at Kohl's and Kohl's.com. Select styles. Offers valid November 22nd through the 27th. 15% off. Exclusion code Enjoy15. Lego and Fitbit. Offers and coupons do not apply. Some exclusions apply. See store or Kohl's.com for details. Hey everyone, it's Perry here, and I am beyond thrilled to announce the relaunch of Collider Ladies Night. This new iteration of the show is all about long-form conversations with certain ladies in Hollywood who are doing so much for the industry that we think you really need to know about. And we're kicking off this relaunch with Pet Cemetery star Amy Simons. We spoke about so much from her jumping into that movie, what made her want to join Ridley Scott's Alien Covenant, and on top of that, we get into all of her behind-the-scenes work as well because there is a lot of it. Check it out right now and keep an eye out for more episodes of Collider Ladies Night coming your way on the Collider Conversation Podcast Network and maybe a little to the Collider Video YouTube channel as well. First, I have a funny story for you. So back when I first started film school in my very first semester, I did an exercise and it got into a film festival and I was so excited. It was the Hell's Kitchen Film Festival and it was put in a program and I went to every single one of those programs because I was so excited. And you know what else was in that program? Coffee and pie. Oh my God. I watched that short film like I think five or six times over. You have to ask yourself the hard question. Is she really worth it? I would like to reiterate that... I do love you. 
Right, and therein lies the problem. You may love me, but I certainly do not love you. That is so funny. That's such a deep cut. I know, really. I don't think anybody else will make a deep cut quite like that, but I will never forget that short film. I'm curious, actually, going back to that point in your career, like, where was your mind at when you were making shorts like that? I mean, I, I, because I, I, I'm pretty scrappy, so, and still I'm very scrappy, uh, but I, you know, I, 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 I accidentally am an actor, accidentally, and, and that was because I started as a, as a writer and a filmmaker, and I was cheap, and I also didn't have to explain things to another actor, um, and I had very weird ideas, and so I was like, I'll just do it, so I would just act in my own stuff, and then... Uh, years ago, uh, and did film when I was younger and like 18. And, and so I, I developed as a filmmaker and as an actor kind of simultaneously. And then when I made a short, it, it premiered at, um, Sarasota Film Festival. Actually, shout out to Austin cause, cause Holly Herrick was the one that programmed it. She was working for Sarasota at the time and she programmed it and I was in that. And then Going to a film festival uh, w- with that, I was I was a filmmaker, but I met so many other filmmakers, and then they were like, "Oh, you act too," and I'm like, "Kind of. I don't really know what I'm doing," um, but they didn't know what they were doing because we were all so young. I was like 22 or 23 at the time, and uh, and so I grew up uh, with uh, other filmmakers acting in their 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 films in their shorts. And then continuing to make my own work as well. But I, and every time that um, I met a new filmmaker, I was like, just let me know. Just, just I mean, to give you a scale of what I was doing, it wasn't, it wasn't Pet Cemetery. <laughs> it was, it, we were making these films for like, you know, a feature film for like $10,000. So some, sometimes, so whenever I would meet people at film festivals, they'd be like, let me know when you're doing your next film. I'll come and hold a boom. And it was just... For me, not just because, like, not in an opportunistic way. It's just, it's it's so good to learn your craft through other people and being on set. And I just wanted to be on set and learn uh, how other people did it, and and not just in, as an actor, but also as a filmmaker of learning mm-hmm. how to capture good sound. Or I like I would camera op for um, for Silver Bullets for Joe Swanberg. I camera opt and held boom and produced for him. You're just ignoring the fact that it's completely provocative. You're saying, hey, guess what? I want to cast your best friend Charlie, who I just met three hours ago, to play my girlfriend in my next movie. My next movie, which I care so much about. My next movie, which is such a huge part of my life. I think I'd just like to cast Charlie as my girlfriend. As you. Um, so I just, I, I as a, not just as an actor, but Coffee and Pie is one of those, too. Is just being so excited to be on set because you get to learn so much about the craft mm-hmm. in general. That was one of my favorite things about film school in particular is that I was in a program where the first year, it didn't matter what track you went on, they required that you take the producing classes, the writing, the directing, and then within directing, there was uh, directing actors where you had to act yourself. And I'm just a firm believer that someone with an understanding of every single department and the pressure that they feel is going to be a better resource to have on your set. Completely. I mean, yes. I. I mean, yes. That's what I do. But. Uh, but I. But you know, when I go on to act and things, I. I often feel like a spy, because I. Because I. Because a lot of times they don't think like the actors paying attention to things. They always they, they kind of coddle you, and they just make sure you have all your water and stuff. And I'm. But I'm constantly looking at department heads and 
and seeing and 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 seeing who's doing their job really well, especially because I can steal them for my for my stuff. But also, you, even as an actor, you you learn like when you're taking direction from directors, you're like, oh, that really worked. Or like that didn't work, and why do you keep saying the same thing that's not clicking with me? You know, or or like, oh wow, that little simple movement actually like affected my performance, and then you just kind of steal from everyone. I mean, you don't steal ideas; that's a no-no. But you steal sort of techniques and stuff. For yeah. sure, having been, I guess, a spy on so many sets at this point, is there any department in particular that still kind of like boggles your mind? It's like you know what they do, but how do they do it? What do you think is the most difficult position? To I'm have? getting. I'm very. See, again, I'm very scrappy. So like. I want to know everything, and the thing I'm getting into right now. I mean, I edited all my early films myself, and then, and so, and so I'm constantly and, and programs and cameras just change just so like so rapidly that I recently was like, oh, you know, when I go into like the sound mix. So sound mixers are sort of they're genius. Like they're they're I love going into the sound mix. But they do things that I technically don't know how to do. So my new kick right now is opening up these sound programs and learning how to actually do the technical side of of sound mixing and, and understanding. Not not just because I not because I want to be a sound mixer, but I think it makes it much easier for me to communicate with the with the sound mixers and and even camera department like camera like I, I whenever I can get my hands on a camera, I can technically then communicate to uh, to the camera department exactly what I what I want, and I'm just a better filmmaker because of I want to get my hands on everything. So accidental actor, and you still clearly have interest in every facet of filmmaking. But with your career taking off quite the way it is right now, do you see your priority shifting? Is the focus primarily on your acting career now? No, <laughs> I mean, I mean, it would be really awesome if there was like one thing I did. Uh, but <laughs> that would make my life a lot easier. Uh, but no, I, I, uh, I mean, easy I, is not always very exciting, easy. Though. Is not exciting, and I don't think I would be able to. I don't think I would be content doing just one thing. Because there's and they they all sort of feed into each other for me, but uh, but but recently it's become more about time management, because you know when I was younger it was I'll just write when I'm inspired, and now I have a deal at FX where I you know I have to sit my ass down a lot when I don't want to, and uh, and so now it's just like making sure I preserve time to not just write to execute because you have a deadline, but to explore, and a lot of my writing is just like literally staring at a wall for like two hours and daydreaming, and sometimes, you know, sometimes I get, a, I, I walk away with 30 pages, sometimes I walk away with like a half a page, and you just have to kind of be okay with that, but like condensing the, or making sure you have that time so that you're not just churning out junk, you know? Yeah. That it's like, oh, well, I'll write this script in three days. Like, you can't do it. You have to be like, no. And I say this to my agents. I'm like, don't call me when I'm writing. And that might be like two months, three months, six months, you know, but uh, 
So for them, I think it's really frustrating. As the, the, my actor agents, I think they're very frustrated because I'm like, don't call me. I'm writing right now. So I think it's, it, for me, it's more about time management, though. So I'm going back to my previous question, and it's like, I'm saying, like, oh, when your acting career is so hot right now, but I feel like I've seen so many films that you're in that debut at festivals, and then I see a million and one thing pieces where it's like, oh, like Amy Simons is on the rise. Watch out yeah, for her. The it girl. Yeah, but what is that? I've like been from breaking through for, for like ten years now. I don't understand. Yeah, there's a, a, pretty much every article about me is like, oh, she's finally like broke through, and it's just really funny because I also think that that's a dangerous thing to to sort of like show young filmmakers too is like that language of breaking through something because for me it's always been about longevity and like and 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 like thinking about how can I make films or be a part of film or have a career over a, a span. And a lot of that is like, is, is, you know, doing, trusting yourself and taking time and making the stuff that you're really interested in, but also that there is no breakthrough moment, that you're just constantly searching for the most interesting thing that you can possibly make, whether that's for me acting or, or directing or writing. It's... Mm-hmm. Um, it's, you know, you think about just creating interesting work so that later down the road when you're in, I don't know, hopefully when I'm in my, hopefully I live to be 90s, but like, you know, that you've you've had this career as opposed to this one moment where you were just massive, you know. Uh, um, I think thinking about it in those terms is a, is a lot more sustainable than thinking that you're just going to hit big and then especially as a woman in, in performing too, you know, there's a lot of fear and a lot of people talk to me about fear of like getting older and stuff. And I was like, yeah, but all my favorite actresses are working and they're in their seventies, you know? So, uh, yeah, I guess, I guess that's, that's the way I approach it in a way. Yeah, no, I totally understand that. I think about getting older a lot too, but it's mainly because I'm so concerned about not being able to do the festival route with so <laughs> much energy and so little sleep. And it's very important to me to see as many movies as I possibly can. Yeah, completely. I mean, it's exhausting. The festivals are exhausting. It is. I yeah. think this particular movie, Pet Cemetery, is one of the best movies to lose sleep over. Oh, I, good. <laughs> I really was just so wildly impressed. But before we get to this, I had another question backtracking a little bit. I read in one interview, and this was something from like 2013, that you said something to the effect of, you know, like the Hollywood roles don't really intrigue me. And I was wondering what changed when Alien Covenant crossed your path. It's Ridley Scott. <laughs> well, What's happening? I need you to kill right Calm down, sweetheart. Calm down. Tell me to stop, Bobby. You're breaking up. All of this to start our new life. I feel like you made the most of a role that had, you know, not as much screen time as I was expecting or hoping for, but still made a huge impression with it. Yeah, I mean, I mean, for for me, it was it's it's always well. Well, first, I should explain that when you're when you're acting, and this is also something that I'm so lucky that I write and I direct and I produce, because you have so much control over what you do. You know, when you're acting, in order to do your craft, you kind of have to get chosen. You know, not kind of. You have to get chosen. So, uh, yeah. I mean, I, I think, I think in in terms of with um, with a lot of things have changed too. That's the other thing. A lot of things have changed in in the in the roles over the past few years of how they write women too, and people are becoming 
I guess the term being woke or what, whatever, um, <laughs> uh, to use a younger term. Um, but uh, that that like they're they're actually interested in like creating women that are three dimensional, and I think that's actually more what happened than it has it, that it was just suddenly I needed to play this part. But I mean, in addition to that, it's Ridley Scott. Oh yeah. I mean, Thelma and Louise, come on. Understandable. And that actually leads into this really well, because I'm a big fan of the source material, and I also still quite enjoy the first uh, feature adaptation of the movie as well. But the role of Rachel in this, I mean, it it feels way more like a two-hander than any previous iteration I've seen before. What's going on? I wasn't ready to say goodbye to her. It's scary. my fault she died. I had to bring her back. There's a place rage deep in the woods. Beyond the pet cemetery. It brings things back. Are you happy, Mommy? What was your impression of her when you first read the script? And were there any kind of red flags or concerns that if you were to sign on to this movie, you wanted to make sure that Kevin and Dennis were doing it the right way for you? Yeah. I mean, I also am a big fan of the book. And I read it when I was eight. So, and that was that was probably not wise of my parents to let me read it. But, but, but at the same time, they were just excited that I was reading. And they were very encouraging. And had they not, maybe I wouldn't be sitting here. So... Uh, so I loved the book, but I also I also really loved the film too, and I love Mary Lambert. I mean, Madonna videos, come on, oh, yes. yeah. Amazing. Um, I remember when Like a Prayer came out. It was such an event that I just yeah. And so, so I love I loved all that stuff. The thing that I that I talked to the guys about too, and in in, in in talking about female agency, and and the conversations around writing a female character, it's not just that to make a smart female character, it's that she has an actual effect on the plot, and that's something that I think gets missed because because I think I, I read a lot of scripts. And I think what they do is they've taken that information of, like, we have to make a strong female character, and they forget that she actually has to have an effect on the plot. And I think, and that was one of the first conversations that I had with them, which was, you know, I really, really love, I really love this character, but I really want to make sure that, like, she has an effect on the outcome of the movie. And now the way that they adapted it and the way that it came out is that she's so present and, like, her emotion like her emotions in her past also rear its head in a way that affects the ultimate ending of of the movie too some changes some yeah. brilliant changes yeah. that I'm very precious about the book I was surprised that they sat so well with me though um going back to having read the book as a kid what was your impression about the book at that age compared to now? Because having not necessarily read the book at that age, but I watched the movie for the first time when I was very young, and I was very much drawn to Ellie and Gage's perspective, and now as an adult, it's a completely different completely. experience. Oh, yeah. I mean, I mean, that, that's the thing that, that, like, when you know something is really good and you know something is literature or 
or a really sort of classic film is I, I feel this way about some some of my favorite films is that if, if I revisit them and I watch them again, just depending on what age I am or what experience that I've gone through, I engage with it in a different way. You know, and the things that I saw when I was younger, I, you know, I now have a different sort of relationship with the film. The, one of the films I'm thinking about is Barbara Loden's Wanda. I'm just no good. <laughs> just no good. You can do it. You can do it. You can. You can. Um, it's 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 now just out in Criterion. It's very very good. Everyone should watch it. And uh, and she's a brilliant filmmaker. She only made one film, but she unfortunately she passed away. I could go on and on. Anyhow, but uh, but but with the book, when I was a kid, the thing that I was sort of the thing that disturbed me the most was that adults have, you know, really fucked up thoughts. Uh, but also that they don't always have. The, sweet feelings towards their child you know like sometimes it's like you're being an asshole and I want you to shut up and when you're young you think you're the center of the universe and that your parents just love you all the time and they do they do but love is very complicated and as a kid you understand love in like this in these very uh simplistic terms and so to read that that was extremely disturbing to me and now as an, when I revisited it recently it was like I had gone I had lost my father I had taken care of my father and so I felt very very close to this Rachel character because it was because I had taken care of my father and he was ill for quite some time and then I lost him and so the same the same relationship of that she has with with uh, Zelda too is like revisiting it and, and and looking at the book as more of a of a discussion about loss and grieving and knowing how crazy grieving can make you or taking care of somebody it's like it, it's such a great novel because I revisited it and I was like yeah like grief and loss is not a one note you know it's not one note you go insane yeah and you can't control it because your intellect and your heart aren't always aligned and know? this movie really doesn't shy away from that too right. which I really appreciated because it's not very often that you see you know a big studio release like that really dig into those deep themes and I think it's going to serve it very well in its run because it you can't shake it after yeah. it ends yeah and that's what I think is so fun about it like or what's so fun about the film too is that it's so cathartic and you are dealing with all of these really heavy upsetting issues but the other thing is that it's like it's so fun to watch somebody else's tragedy you know and and then and then and the, but then also at the same time it's it's like in tragedy i mean comedy comes from tragedy so there are all these moments that are funny because they're like identifiable and terrible but it's like funny because it's like it, the, the best humor kind of comes from the darkest places, you know. I had such a backwards conversation this morning with one of my co-hosts about like why the funny in this movie works so well, and we just had such a different way of approaching it. So it, I think it kind of yeah. taps into what you were just describing. I have to wrap it up here, and one of my favorite questions to end on is just what is something different happen, happening in Hollywood right now that's really exciting you and just giving you faith in the future? I think just having a variety of voices, you know, that not just not just women, but, you know, transgender and, and like, and, and black, white, white, I mean, just, just having a variety of voices and getting to see so many different points of view 
that we, you know, that I think the awareness of wanting new stories, I mean, that, that like, Us premieres here and that, like, Get Out happened, you know, that, like, you get that point of view and it can only be told by by his point of view, you know, it's like that, that terror. And I think that's the most exciting thing to me that's happening is that the opportunity that, the, not only the opportunity is there to tell these stories, but the audiences are responsive to them and they want to hear them, you know. Absolutely. I can definitely get behind that. Thank you so much yes. for your time today for Thank doing you. this. Of course. Not on the rise. Amy Simons is in the mix, and all of you should be well aware of her work. So thank you again. Thank and you. Congratulations. Thank you so much. Thank you guys so much for watching this first new version of Collider Ladies Night. A huge thank you to Amy for joining us. Keep in mind, this is only the start of many, many more episodes to come. So keep an eye on the Collider Conversations podcast channel and also the Collider Video YouTube channel because you're going to have so much more Ladies Night coming your way real soon. Napa know-how. At Napa Auto Parts stores and Napa Auto Care centers, get a $25 prepaid Visa card when you get any Napa automotive battery. It's the best deal for some of the best batteries from some of the best car people around. But we might be a little partial. Anywho, pick up any Napa automotive battery and save $25. Bucks. Do it yourself or have it done for you. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating Napa Auto Parts stores and Napa Auto Care centers. While supplies last, offer ends 831.20. Shop Black Friday week deals Sunday through Friday at Kohl's. Plus, get $15 Kohl's cash for every $50 spent. And take an extra 15% off. Get the big one throws, $8.49. Toastmaster small appliances are just $2.14 after rebate. And Fitbit Versa 2 is $129.99. Plus, take 30% off Lego, 70% off fine jewelry, and save on boots for her, $16.99. Plus, get fast and free store pickup. Shop Black Friday week deals at Kohl's and Kohl's.com. Select styles. Office valid November 22nd through the 27th. 15% off with promo code Enjoy15. Lego and Fitbit offers and coupons do not apply. Some exclusions apply. See store or Kohl's.com for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.